0: Yo, welcome, welcome. It's Ryan Keels and this is the uh, the sixth installment of Ryan Kill's audio journal. Yeah, I mean thanks for tuning in. So uh, let's see this. So this episode is going to be a two parter. and today um, the first part is going to be about the word ghetto. So I'm going to talk about the history of the word, how it's perceived today and how people, uh, keep the word alive, you know, live up to the stereotypes and how people give false stereotypes. So, yeah, so I came up with this topic, uh, because I was listening to a podcast called, is this going to cause an argument? Um, it's a, uh, it's a couple's podcast with Marcus Tanksley and, and his wife, uh, Angel, you know, Angel Lakita Moore, the actress, uh, they were talking about how over the years they started to become bougie, uh, because they're, you know, they were doing, doing better in life, you know, year after year. And, uh, they were talking about, yeah, how they started having a finer taste, you know, in things, and so I was going to talk about that. And then I thought maybe I should start out with, uh, you know, what ghetto means first. Because ghetto is perceived as the opposite of bougie and um, it's like it's also seen as the starting point. So it's like you have to be ghetto in order to be bougie, you know, but all right, let me jump into it. So the word ghetto, it, uh, it comes from, I think it's like the 1500s or the 1600s. It started as a word to describe uh, describe like strictly Jewish neighborhoods in like a city in Europe. Um, places like Italy, Germany, um, and even, even Japan, they had Jewish ghettos. At first, they were just a place segregated for the Jewish people, um, usually called the Jewish quarter. And so I guess to put it in, in simple and plain terms... Like, whenever a large population of Jewish people came to a, to a city, town, or a province, or whatever you want to call it, they were always viewed as outcasts. So, whoever was in charge, uh, they were basically like, y'all can live here, but y'all can only live in this particular part of the city. You know, and that's it. Like, don't, I don't know, don't go past... Elm Street or whatever you know I mean y'all just got to stay here so all your businesses and shoemaking companies or they got to be in this area and that's it so moving on to the 1940s uh, this is when the holocaust was in full swing and so and then this is where like generally people people think the word ghetto started and I guess this is what people generally associate the word with uh, the nineteen forties. So on top of on top of the segregation of um, like the Jewish the Jewish quarter, uh, the Nazis in Germany they they pretty much took it to another level. They would go as far as like keep Jewish people confined in their section, um, basically like pri- uh, basically like prisoners. Uh, Nazi soldiers they would. They would patrol the area. Uh, Of course, they would have like heavy artillery and guns and all that stuff. So they would patrol the area. Uh, Some areas were fenced off with uh, like with like tall fences and brick walls. Um, Then some 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 ghettos, they were made to hold Jewish uh, Jewish people in like concentration camps where they, they were starved, they were imprisoned, um, and eventually they were, you know, killed, um, uh, let's see, and so the, the conditions of the ghetto, uh, during, during, like, the Holocaust and, and the, the World War Two era is what, I guess, kind of brings up parallels to what happens in America, but in a, in a totally, like, it brings up, thoughts of america but it's in a different way but i'll get to that later but um the jewish people had to experience um you know food shortages like their food were, were rationed off and since there were so many people they 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 had to deal with like starvation and then that led to stealing and you know having to basically you know get down for theirs and get food any by any means necessary Uh, the buildings, they were in poor, uh, they were in poor conditions, like, they would cramp multiple families in one, like, one room, or one apartment building, and, uh, you know, they would have no running water, uh, or, or just dirty water, whatever, they just, they basically build these buildings, or whatever, and just said, just said whatever, just, you know, yeah, drink this, and you know, just deal with it. Um, they also had to deal with uh, with like sub subpar uh, sanitary conditions. Yeah, actually, subpar is kind of a like kind of a weak word to describe that. Let's see, what what's a better word? Like horrid, nightmarish, nightmares. Yeah, we'll say nightmares. You know, uh, sanitary conditions like everything was dirty. Like I said, the water is dirty and like it just had to probably sleep on dirty beds and stuff like that, even if if they had beds. But yeah, so that caused a lot of deaths, too, because people got mad sick. Um, Let's see. So, yeah, I guess we can move on to the uh, the ghettos of America. Um, the difference from the, the European ghettos is that. In America, it ranged from like multiple types of people like all across the country, you know, whether whether it was like Polish people, Irish, Italian, Chinese, Caribbean, Somalian, Nigerian, Russian, Mexican, Puerto Rican, you know, or even people who were born in America themselves. Uh, They experienced living in a ghetto, you know, while being in America New York of course being the biggest destination with like Ellis Island and I forget what the other what the other park was called that everybody came into but yeah you know New York is the big melting pot so yeah others uh others came to Pittsburgh LA of course um Miami you know see a lot of cubans come uh Detroit uh Chicago You know, wherever, wherever uh, they can, wherever their family was at at first or just wherever they decided to settle at. Um, Yeah, so it seems like, it seems like there was a rotation of like certain neighborhoods. Like, for example, um, East Harlem at first, it was known for its large Italian and Jewish population. But in, like, recent decades, and, like, by the time I was, you know, I was around and, like, I was a kid, I knew East Harlem as uh, Spanish Harlem, where it was a, a huge population of Puerto Rican people, Dominicans, and, and, and Mexican people. And so, like I said, it it, it was called, like, Spanish Harlem now where it used to be Italian and Jewish people. So that's what I mean by like the rotation. Like, I guess, I guess a lot of Italians, they, they move to, um, they move to like Brooklyn and the Bronx and like places in New Jersey, uh, and the Jewish people, they move to, um, like places, basically the same places as Brooklyn and Manhattan, um, yeah, so, and then the conditions, let's see. So, the conditions, they really didn't match up to the ones in Europe, like the European ghettos. Um, the ghettos in America, they... I guess you can call them terrible if you set them up... If you set them up against the standards set in America. Like, if you... Like, if you go into like, a like a project building in Brooklyn, that's, you're going to consider that terrible, uh, in comparison to a nice house in like Beverly Hills, you know, cause it's basically the, the worst America can offer versus the best America can offer, you know? Um, let's see. So the areas, um, you know, they experience high crime, uh, especially drug dealing, you know, theft and robberies uh, and murders. And that, that, you know, stems from the lack of resources, uh, the lack of jobs and like the need to like keep up with bills and rent and stuff like that. And like the whole American rat race. So that's that's basically um Those are, like, the biggest reasons for crime and things like that. Um, The conditions, like, the conditions of a ghetto. And then, I guess, when it comes to America, you can say... People say, like, the hood or whatever, but we're just going to go with the, the word ghetto. And I'm sorry if this, like, offends anybody if you're, you know, living in this type of situation. But, you know, just... I mean, I'm just speaking, you know, what's on my mind. And I feel like this is an interesting topic, you know, especially for me. So, yeah. So the conditions of a ghetto, it uh, it, it depends on where you're at. So like I said, in New York, uh, there's huge project buildings like to this day. Um, If you go play like Harlem and Brooklyn and stuff, you'll see these huge buildings uh, that's been around since like the 30s and the 40s and stuff like that. But if you, uh, you know, where there's like thousands of people living in the same building, um, you know, some people live in poverty, you know, some don't. They're cool. Uh, But but uh, yeah, but it seems like a lot of the people are just, you know, living like barely making it, you know. And then if you go to L.A., uh, where you see where you see the street. Uh, where the streets are lined up with, like, beautiful palm trees and, like, one and two, sometimes three-story homes, you know, nice front yards with, like, with super green grass that's, like, kept up and cut and stuff like that, but in the same time, you don't know that you're in the center of of gang territory, you know, like a crib neighborhood or a you know, Blood or Hoover territory or whatever, like, you just wouldn't know, you know, if I, if I went to LA, if I went to LA and like, I, I, I I go to a, I go to a street where it's like, like I said, just a whole bunch of beautiful palm trees, you know, the sun is always shining over there, uh, nice houses, beautiful houses. And then it's just like, then you get hit up by somebody uh somebody who's gangbanging and then you're just like oh well i i had no idea i had no idea where i was at i didn't know that i was in the hood somewhere and then you got places in in the midwest like detroit and and east st louis and like you'll see that let me not throw a number out there. You'll see like a majority of that neighborhood or a certain street, they got boarded up homes, or or it's vacant plots where where houses used to be at, and it's only like three houses on one street. Uh, you'll you'll see something like that, and you'll actually see something like that in Philly, depending on where you go. Um. Yeah. So. Um, the people, so the people who live in these types of, uh, these type of conditions, uh, they're, they're, they they always have stereotypes like placed on them. Like they're stereotypically seen as unintelligent because, uh, most times they, they only have access to schools that, that are either like failing, failing the students or, schools that like heavily cut down their resources like they they cut gym they cut music classes like drama courses and stuff like that and they don't like they don't have the resources for like all that extracurricular activities and that fun stuff that a, that a usual school would have um let's see another stereotype they're seeing as poor because they they're subject to uh Like menial jobs or like maybe the jobs in their in their town left Uh, or or like, I don't know, they don't have good transportation systems because I know in Ohio, I have family in Ohio. They um, like they have a terrible bus schedule, so it's just like people really can't get to work because the buses really aren't running like that. And uh, yeah, all the jobs are out of town, you know, in Cleveland and stuff, which is uh, forty minutes, like to like an hour away from, you know, where, where all my people are at. Um, yeah, it, it's it's one of those towns that like they relied on like a, a car manufacturing company, and then once that left, and it was over with. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people are struggling over there, and then eventually over time it became, uh, it became a ghetto. All the houses, like, some were burned down. There's a lot of crime. So that's basically what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, people are, are, are seen as, like, poor, and, yeah, they, they got to, like, stick to terrible jobs or something. They just they gave up and say, you know what, I'm just not going to work at all. You know, I might, you know, do a little something else for money. Um, let's see another stereotype. They're seen as bad people because they they live in that area uh and it's high crime, you know drugs can be flowing around um you know, and because they live in such a like they live in a red zone, people coming from uh people come let's see people who either come to that area or if people from that area go outside and find somewhere else to live like the people from surrounding towns or whatever like they they fear those people because they feel they feel that they might be the killers or the thieves or the the criminals that they heard about from that particular town or city or neighborhood or whatever and that's just not right though you know but on the on the flip side you know while it is wrong to paint a broad brush with those uh paint a broad brush like those citizens who who come from that area uh that are considered ghetto like it can't be overlooked that that some people like they're they're easily accustomed to the area that they live in. Like if you're born in a certain area and you see you see people in your area doing doing things you know, that may be illegal to someone, someone who wasn't born in that. And if you don't know that, it was like, oh, OK, this is normal. Like we use we hear stories about that all the time. So they come, they become accustomed to, you know, what's ever going on in their area. Uh, and that's basically like the heart of this episode. <clears throat> so in an area perceived as ghetto, there's a there's a whole bunch of liquor stores Whole bunch of fast food restaurants. Uh, this is because, you know, because like some of them don't have jobs, and a lot of people they they exploit they exploit the people in those areas. They're like, okay, well, we sell cheap food. Um, the people here they may not have like money like that, and so we can make money off of them because our food is so cheap this uh for the most part this is what these you know these people can afford and so that's where you see like the chinese food stores are like you know all around and like there's nothing but burger kings and mcdonald's and wendy's and stuff like that and they you know they the only grocery store they have like maybe a walmart or something like that um you won't see like a whole foods or a or a trader joe's or or like a whole bunch of healthy stuff, you know. I remember I remember, you know, going to a whole bunch of corner stores and stuff and then I started I started realizing that like the little debbie snack cakes, you know, they're 2 for a dollar, but like an apple or a banana that's like a dollar 30 you know so it's just like you can get you can you can you can get two like you can get two swiss rolls for a dollar you know and then but you gotta you you gotta pay extra for a banana which is more healthier for you and so that's just something that's always like made me mad because it's just like you, you have this this bullcrap <laughs> you got this bullcrap for sale for cheaper than the healthy stuff and so it's just unfortunate and then that's when you'll see a lot of people they have uh, like gastrointestinal problems and and like their diet just like like it failed them because all they have to eat is Burger King and Swiss snacks and, and, and oatmeal cream pies and stuff like that. You know that's uh, that's that's really annoying, and you know uh, the stores they you know they they kind of exploit that. But moving on, sorry I got off on a tangent. But moving on, um, let's see in a in an area that's considered ghetto, it's like the the residents they they tend to be they got to be resourceful because they may not you know they have the money or like they gotta wait until the next check comes so this is when you'll see like okay um we can't use all this water because we gotta wait until we get paid next and you know pay the bill and we don't want the bill to get too high this is when you'll see like people are like living off of oodles and noodles and stuff like that uh yeah so think like Um, I don't really know who be listening, you know, just think about, you know, how a stereotypical college kid lives, you know, like a broke college kid lives, you know, you know, oodles and noodles and like they got to they got to scratch and save and wait for the next time they get paid. Think about that, except it's like an entire family, you know, a mother, a father, one or two kids or whatever. You know, just think of it like that. You know, it, it, it's it's much more harder when it's three or four people or even more, um, as opposed to just one college kid who's struggling. Um, so this is when the, the resourcefulness comes in. Um, yeah, and that's because, like I said, they either gotta wait for that next check, the living check to check. Or they just don't make enough money to begin with because the jobs are crappy. Uh, and this is basically, like, the root, this is, like, the root of, like, every problem that people have to deal with if you're living in, if you're, like, living in the hood or living in a ghetto. Um, and let's see, and then because, uh, people are living in these tough areas, uh, they they tend to have a tough life, um, which, uh, which brings, you know, and because they, uh, because they live a tough life and they, they were able to like either make it out or like they're doing fine or doing better than their peers. Like there's a certain type of pride, uh, that comes with the struggle or where they live at. Um, part of this, part of this is kind of due to the glorification, um, from like movies and books and stuff like that and music, um, you know, and then as much as I hate to say it, like rap music is is a culprit, um, and may, maybe that can be like another episode, like the like what rap glorifies, you know, sometimes. And like I said, I'm someone who loves I, I love rap, and then but I gotta keep it real, like yeah. Some some of these rappers they glorify living in these terrible conditions and like they'll make it seem like living in a ghetto and living a tough life is the only way that you can be real. You know, and that and that affects kids. That affects kids a lot. It can affect like the way they move about and it can change their lives. Like some people can get killed, some people go to jail. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot or I become drug dealers or become drug addicts so yeah but maybe that's a, maybe that's another episode but yeah and so with the books and the glorification in the movie and stuff in the movies and like this is how the word this is how the word stays alive um like the word ghetto it, this, this is how it stays alive it's like living in a way that is synonymous with the stereotype, uh, stereotypical behavior of someone living in the ghetto, um, and this actually just isn't in the inner city. This is a, this actually like spread to the suburbs, uh, like from the inner city, or to rural areas, um, and now like the word ghetto, it, it becomes it, it it came from like classifying a neighborhood and buildings and stuff to being like placed on people. Like it gave, like the word is a way to describe somebody now. And then unfortunately, it's placed on blacks and Puerto Ricans, uh, Dominicans and, you know, like minorities like that. Yeah, actually it's just, basically those basically though, like blacks in, in the Latino uh, Latino um, races or ethnicities I mean um, let's see but really I can only I can only speak on the black experience because you know I'm black um, so yeah so living in living in Burlington um, um, it's a suburb let's see let's see we're 30 minutes from Philly, let's see, Philly's to the west of Burlington, Um, Trenton is to the north, that's 30 minutes to the north, and then we have Camden, which is about 20 minutes south of Burlington, Um, all, all those air, like Trenton, like everybody knows Philly, um but in Trenton and Camden uh those areas like all three of those areas they're known for like their high crime and they have like high rates of murder like year after year um and so when these areas would get too high and like i guess i i guess a a, a mom or a mom and dad is just like yo we got to get out of here we got to go to a place that's safer um so, so since we're like smack dab in the middle and then we are a suburb, uh, people come to keep people come to the area. So people from Trenton and Camden and Philly come to like, they come to Burlington Township where I was, they come to Burlington City, which is right next to us. And also, uh, another town right next to us, which is Willimboro. So these are all, you know, little suburbs in, uh, in New Jersey in South Jersey. We also had people come from North Jersey and New York and stuff like that. So um, this caused like... And so with all these people coming from Newark and New York, Philly, Trenton, and Camden, like it caused... Basically, it, it caused like a creation of gangs and like, you know, we would have murders here and there. You know, people selling drugs um, because they're... Like they're bringing like, they're bringing their mentality and, like, the way that they know how to move in Trenton and Camden to, you know, Burlington, Burlington City and, uh, and Um, And in my opinion, like, that's not even the worst thing to, that they brought. Like, you'll have people who bring, like, their poverty mindset to uh, to the suburbs. And, like, I feel like people coming from those areas, they're so used to live in a certain way that they might have like trouble adjusting to a better surrounding or, or maybe they just feel like they're like, like I said, with the whole glorification and like being real, like maybe they just feel like, Oh, okay. Uh, they aren't true to where they're growing up. So they, they try to, I guess ramp it up, like, yo, I'm from Trenton, and then, like, people will be all extra and, like, yo, I'm from Trenton, you don't want to mess with me and all that stuff. And so, like, that's a mindset. And, um, yeah, and that, that mindset can slowly go down from the kids and then the kids who go out, it can, you know, it can, it can cause an impression on somebody who really doesn't like that. But they might want to impress the person from Camden or the person from South Philly. Yeah, and so that, that causes, like, the town to start becoming a a little hood in its own. So, yeah, it can, it can change a town for sure. Um, but speaking on the poverty mindset, it doesn't really have to, have, like, come from someone who's ever been in a hood. That can be, like, that can be anything because I know... I know that's something that we went through. Uh, You know, I never, like, never lived in a hood or anything. I never lived in, like, apartment buildings. It's just, like, townhouses and houses, you know. Um, Yeah, it's it's just a mindset, you know, just not having enough resources or whatever. Um, You know, looking back, Let's see. Yeah, just looking back on Burlington, it was kind of weird because we were smack dab in the middle. Like, it wasn't as bad as Philly or Camden, but, like, it wasn't... Let's see. What's, what's like, a, a great neighborhood? That it, like, it wasn't, like, like Beverly Hills, you know, in L.A., you know, or whatever your local rich area is, you know, wh- who's ever listening, you know. Um. And I know for myself, like living in Burlington Township, you know, I remember like just not having enough money, um, and like having to like shower with cold water sometimes, having to eat you know oodles and noodles for a week, just waiting for uh yeah you know I mean waiting for my mom's uh, to get paid so we can go grocery shopping and stuff, you know, waiting for myself to get a check for my little old job at, at Regal. Um, you know, sometimes coming home from school and, like, not knowing if the lights are going to be on and stuff like that. Um, like, having stuff broken around the house and not being able to, like, pay for it to get fixed. Um, yeah, and, like, that stuff, that type of stuff, that had an effect on me. Um, and once again, that's, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's... I don't know where that came from. Like I said, it's not, like, the people who come from, like, another area. It's just, like, if you don't have money, then, like, sometimes you just got to deal with that. And so there would be times where I feel like, man, like, I feel like I'm living in the the ghetto. But it's, it's it's not like that. Like, in the area outside of where I'm at, outside of the house. But yeah, that's why it's important, like, you just never know, somebody can be living in a nice house or whatever, but you don't know how they're living, but, but, all right, I think that's, uh, that's enough for this one, this is a pretty long episode, but, uh, yeah, this is what I want you to do to, uh, sit and think, you know, if you've, if you lived in a place that's considered ghetto, you know, whether that's in the city, or, or a suburb, or a rural area, or even if you just felt like, you know, the way that you live in is, you know, similar to, like, like similar to a ghetto, like, do you have a broken washer, or a broken, I don't know, like, sink, or whatever, that you just never got fixed, or a broken oven, or you just, you know, you just living in a way where it's like, man. I I gotta do something about this because we just not living right you know Um, yeah just so like think on those hardships you know that you live through or are living through right now Uh, whatever that stuff may be like don't let that join like take over your mind where it feels like you gotta you gotta portray and live like that forever you know what I mean and if you do live in the hood like it's okay to breathe from the hood or the struggle whatever you want to call it I mean, just know that you're bigger than that, though. Like, you're bigger than that, like, that apartment complex or, like, bigger than those those couple blocks that, like, you roam around, you know? Um, always work on bettering yourself every day, you know? don't matter where you at. You know, you can be in Compton or you can be in, you know, Detroit or, like, Houston or, like wherever new orleans Sweever. wherever you know just work on yourself but all right that was uh, episode six of the ryan kills audio journal uh peace out and as always thank you for listening